Welcome to In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. David Talbot is an author, journalist, and the founder of Salon. His latest book is The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dulles, the CIA, and the Rise of America's Secret Government. I recently talked with Talbot about his book and about the influence Alan Dulles wielded during his tenure at the CIA. Dulles uh, does conjure up many of the darker kind of uh, associations with American intelligence and American espionage. He was America's most legendary and powerful spy master. He really was the driving force be behind the creation of the CIA in 1947, and he ran the CIA longer than any other CIA director through much of the Cold War. Um, he was appointed finally officially head of the CIA by President Eisenhower in 1953. And uh, in that position, and as kind of our top spy master, Alan Dulles was responsible for some of the most uh, you know, repellent uh, policies of the U.S. and practices, everything from uh, assassination to extraordinary rendition to torture to mind control experimentation to the mass surveillance of private citizens, all these things that we think of as sort of post-9-11 developments really were uh, inaugurated during Alan Dulles's reign at the CIA. Some of what he did almost makes... J. Edgar Hoover sound like a, a Boy Scout, yet they were kind of contemporaries, different agencies. Were, th were they ever in collaboration or working against each other, or was Allen just mainly forging his, his, his own path uh, through well, the CIA? These, yeah, no, these two men were, as you say, the twin pillars of American security, both very hard-nosed, very anti-communist, um, very uh, you know, powerful men. But in fact, Dulles, in many ways, was higher up on the chain of command than uh, Hoover. Um, the CIA, uh, you know, drew its uh, elite ranks from uh, Ivy League schools, from Wall Street, from sort of the top uh, rungs of American power, while uh, Hoover at the FBI was kind of uh, our top cop, you know. Uh, and uh, he himself later said that he was no match, really, for Alan Dulles and the CIA when they did come into conflict, and they often did, because there was a lot of, obviously, turf uh, struggles between the two agencies. But uh, it was clear in those cases that the CIA was really the big, the big dog. From a historical perspective now, looking back during Dulles' tenure at the, at the, at the, at the CIA, would, would our current geopolitical structure be where it is today if he weren't orchestrating what he did behind the scenes during his tenure at the CIA? Would it be no, a different world? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, yes, it would be a very different world. I think Alan Dulles, there's a direct through line between his kind of authoritarian power, his uh, form of secret power, uh, and his uh, ruthless power, really, when it came to as I say, assassinating foreign leaders who were in his way, and I believe um, also practicing assassination and extraordinary rendition, handing over uh, political dissidents to uh, their doom, as we do now uh, after 9-11. All of these things that he was resorting to back then, uh, really there's a through line between those that kind of philosophy uh, and, say, Donald Rumsfeld, who really was kind of a, a prodigy in some way of Alan Dulles as a young congressman, and Dick Cheney, and the kind of, uh, I think, authoritarian and secret government we have today. Um, so 
I think there was what my book goes into is there really was an epic struggle for the the heart and soul of America during this period uh, from World War II on through the Cold War. And you did have some very heroic and and, and strong uh, political figures from Franklin Roosevelt and a number of people who served in his administrations and John Kennedy uh, who stood up to these secretive forces, to Alan Dulles and his circle, these powerful men from Wall Street, the Pentagon, the CIA, and said, no, we have to have democratic controls over what you're doing. Uh, we live in a democracy, and uh, you know this uh, is undermining our democracy. Um, and you know, my feeling is that John Kennedy paid the ultimate price for defying uh, the secret government and uh, with his life. Um, and so those really are the stakes that we had. You know, we had this, as I say, epic kind of Game of Thrones-like struggle between the forces of good and forces of evil, if you want to put it that way, in America. And unfortunately, we know who won. Would you consider him to be, to some degree, a, a puppet master in, in these various administrations? Because he served multiple presidents. He was. He was a master manipulating these presidents from Roosevelt on. Now, Roosevelt gave him a harder time. He, uh, you know, coming out of the same class background, the elite background that the Dulles brothers did, uh, Franklin Roosevelt sort of knew these guys inside and out, and he knew how to counter them and, and to, you know, play uh, hardball just like they did. And so uh, Dulles had to sort of do end runs around Roosevelt. In the case uh, of Roosevelt, he was uh, he served as our top spy during World War II in continental Europe, Alan Dulles. He got himself sent to Switzerland, and he went to Switzerland so he could continue to advance the interests of his corporate clients from his old Wall Street law firm. Now, that law firm, where he and his brother, John Foster Dulles, worked, represented some of the... Uh, top and most powerful corporations in the world, including a number of German corporations, notorious ones like IG Farben, the chemical company that produced Zyklon B, the gas that was used to exterminate Jews during the war in the death camps. And yet uh, the Dallas brothers had no problem dealing with these people, doing business with them and so on. And so it really, instead of sort of fighting uh, the good war, as it was called, in during World War II in Switzerland, Dulles spent most of his time looking after the interests of his corporate clients, including uh, these German interests. And after the war, he made sure that many of these German executives and even military and uh, intelligence officials who had served Hitler in the Third Reich escaped justice. Uh, He established what were called Nazi rat lines, uh, these escape routes over the Alps through Switzerland, down through Italy and overseas that allowed many war criminals to escape Um, And he even installed some of these former high-level Nazis who should have faced justice at Nuremberg. He installed them in power in the West German government after World War II, including the top intelligence official for West Germany, a man named Reinhard Galen, who was head of Hitler's intelligence on the Eastern Front, uh, was a, uh, a, through Dulles' intervention, was made the top spy in West Germany after the war. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sordid story, um, and, uh, you know, yes, he was supposed to be serving American democracy and American presidents, like Roosevelt on, uh, through Truman and Eisenhower and Kennedy, but really what he was doing, Alan Dulles, was serving his own interests in the interest of his very powerful circle of men.
you kind of touched on a little earlier, uh, President Kennedy. What what role did Dulles play? I mean, you've, you've associated him kind of in the center of the, the, the assassination of, of, of JFK. What, what, what role do you find that he, he had, if any, in that? Well, they had a, uh, a major break, Alan Dulles and Kennedy, early on in the Kennedy presidency. Kennedy made the mistake of keeping Dulles on. He thought he needed to communicate a sense of political continuity because he'd won by such a thin margin. Uh, so he kept some key Republicans in his administration, including Dulles. But they they soon uh, came to a major uh, a major fracture over the Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba, the disastrous operation that the CIA had mounted. And Kennedy was so furious he felt he'd been misled that he famously said he wanted to shatter the CIA and scatter it uh, to the winds. What he did do was to fire Dulles and his two top deputies, and uh, that produced, that was the beginning of this, I think, mortal split within the Kennedy administration. Uh, Dulles essentially doesn't get the memo. After he's fired, he goes home to his home in Georgetown and proceeds to operate as if he's still running the CIA. He meets with his top deputies. He continues to formulate policies that undermine the Kennedy uh, administration. And this bitter, really, break uh, just gets more and more extreme as time goes by. Um, The feeling within the Dulles circle was that John Kennedy was an aberration, that he was trying to end the Cold War, uh, he was trying to make peace with the Soviet Union and with Fidel Castro in Cuba, which was, of course, the major flashpoint of the Cold War in those years, in the early 60s. And by doing that, he provoked a strong backlash from his own national security people, including the Dulles Circle, who felt that he was, uh, you know, that he was putting the country at risk. What he was really doing was putting their own corporate and political interests at risk. And so I believe, and I argue this in the book, that this very lethal assassination team that Alan Dulles had built to kill foreign leaders like Patrice Lumumba in the Congo very charismatic and a progressive nationalist leader, like Fidel Castro, who they repeatedly tried to kill with the help of the mafia in Cuba, uh, and other leaders. Um, They brought this team home, Alan Dulles, uh, this killing team home from overseas to Dallas in November 1963 to kill President Kennedy. And I show how key members of that CIA assassination squad were, in fact, uh, identified as being in Dallas in November 1963. They had no business to be there, including a man named William Harvey, who was one of the top figures in the CIA assassination team, a man who'd been appointed to that position by Alan Dulles. He, at the time, was supposed to be the CIA station chief. He was the CIA station chief in Rome. And yet he's spotted by his top deputy on a plane from Rome to Dallas in November 1963. This is a very alarming, uh, you know, revelation that's in my book. And the CIA has refused consistently to provide any more information about William Harvey's whereabouts, his travel vouchers, and so on, which I sued the CIA under the Freedom of Information Act uh, to get access to. The CIA, in violation of the uh, Kennedy Records Act, um, the JFK Records Act of 1993, has consistently refused to release over 1,500 key documents related to a number of these CIA figures who various investigations, including Congress's own investigation, 
in the late 1970s, the House Select Committee on Assassination, has identified some of these people, like William Harvey, as key figures in the Kennedy case. And yet the CIA still is stonewalling and refuses to release the full information on these people. Obviously, there have been numerous conspiracy theories and, and a number of, of, of theories surrounding the, uh, the president's assassination. But this Dulles-esque con control of, of information that even, as you say, prevails right now in the, in the CIA, is that indicative of, of today's CIA, or is there going to be a point in time where you know, this information will come to light? Well, I think the CIA has only become more secretive and more murderous, frankly, more lethal since 9-11. And they've been allowed uh, to do that and, in fact, been encouraged to do that by, uh, by both the Bush administration and now the Obama administration. Uh, we know the great extent to which the Obama administration has expanded the CIA drone program. That's just an assassination program, nothing more. Uh, with very little, just a fig leaf of legal oversight. Uh, you know, there was great outrage back in the 1970s when uh, Senator Church's committee uh, revealed that the CIA had targeted a few foreign leaders for assassination, as we talked about earlier. There was great public outcry about that, that this is not American values, that we shouldn't be going around killing, uh, you know, foreign leaders and, and others. And yet, you know, the American people and Congress have completely been silent for the most part about this much more lethal program that we're running today uh, with drones, this remote-controlled assassination program where we've killed hundreds of people. Um, and, you know, there's no real uh, legal uh, or, or constitutional process that's involved in that. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think it's gotten worse. I think, you know, Alan Dulles paved the way for the kind of uh, very grim and dark world that we're living in today, and 9-11 just took us to a whole new level. Kind of on the other side of the, of, the, of the coin, David, could Alan Dulles do what he did then today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, he, I mean, we are doing today what he was doing then. Um, as I talked about, you know, uh, you know, I write about one of the first cases of extraordinary rendition. That's the practice. It's a very you know, bureaucratic-sounding term. But what it means, basically, is snatching people off the streets, putting a bag over their head, hustling them into a car or an airplane, and flying them to their doom, to a foreign country where there's no, uh, where, where they basically disappear into a dungeon and are horribly tortured and often killed. Well, Alan Dulles did that. I talk about one of the first flagrant cases of rendition that happened on the streets of New York in the 1950s during the Eisenhower presidency when a, uh, a scholar at Columbia University um, who was Spanish, uh, Jesus Galindez, uh, he had been a critic of the very violent uh, Trujillo, Rafael Trujillo dictatorship in the Dominican Republic where he had lived at one time. And he became such an irritant to Trujillo that Trujillo uh, basically um, turned to the CIA, his friends in the CIA, and uh, contractors who worked for the CIA snatched uh, Galindez, this professor, young professor off the streets of Manhattan, hustled him into an airplane and flew him to the Dominican Republic where he was horribly tortured and, and killed. Well, um, you know, this has became regular practice, of course, after 9-11. Uh, it happened again and again, as we now know. 
Um, so yeah, there's certainly um, everything that Dulles resorted to in those days, virtually everything. Uh, America has free license to do now, and even I think feels even more license to do uh, because of the kind of extreme climate, uh, security climate that was created by 9-11. Dulles passed in early 69. Once Kennedy seemingly relieved him of duty, how did he, how did he live out his, his days? Was he still a force? After he was pushed out of power and after Kennedy was killed, of course, the most uh, noteworthy thing that Alan Dulles did, of course, was to serve on the Warren Commission. And that was the uh, commission that President Johnson convened to investigate and solve the uh, murder of President Kennedy. But really the intent of that commission, as we now know, was to to really put the public's fears and suspicions to rest and to cover up the crime. And Alan Dulles was a key part of the cover-up. In fact, a number of people said that he was so active on the commission, a number of observers at the time, that it should have been called the Dulles Commission. What he did basically was to constantly meet with his old CIA colleagues during uh, the hearings and, and develop uh, a plan for how um, the, the investigation should be misdirected. And so the focus was put entirely on Lee Harvey Oswald, who was this convenient patsy, as he himself called himself. Uh, instead of looking at the many kind of suspicious uh, threads that uh, went in all sorts of different directions, but mainly back to the U.S. intelligence establishment itself. Uh, Alan Dulles made sure that none of those uh, suspicious connections back to the CIA were explored or investigated by the Warren Commission. And, of course, they came to their foregone conclusion that the president had been killed by a so-called lone nut. Even though the lone nut they couldn't find any motive for, he didn't hate Kennedy. In fact, he kind of admired Kennedy. Uh, there was no physical evidence that he'd actually fired a rifle that day. Uh, it was a preposterous, uh, you know, kind of uh, case that they made against this conveniently dead man. Um, and that was largely the work of Alan Dulles. Um, so that's how he spent, you know, much of 1964. Um, he then continued to, uh, in his public life trying to defend this very shaky investigation that he'd been a key part of, uh, and of course came under increasing fire in the press and, and, and from public critics. Uh, and he, you know, to his dying day, was trying to defend the Warren report. What do you hope that the, that the listeners take away from from your research and, and from the Devil's Chessboard? Well. Uh, you know, I don't want people to be, I mean, it's, it's an astounding book. People say that it's like reading a, a true life spy story. Um, so, you know, I've tried to write it in a way, even though it is a very dark tale, that is very gripping and, and, you know, fascinating because you're looking at how power really works in our country. So, number one, I want them to be empowered by that. You know, to me, it's very empowering to know how the world really works. And so that's what I've tried to do with this. In fact, ironically, it was Alan Dulles who took a quote from the Bible for the CIA lobby as its motto, um, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And I really do believe that. Maybe it seems a little naive, but as a journalist, as a historian, that's what I believe. And so I'm trying to set the American people free from the kind of propaganda and the brainwashing that we've all, uh, you know, uh, faced uh, throughout our lives from the press, from the government, and so on. Uh, so I want people to be get a sense, a thrill from this book, that they're finally seeing how 
you know, power in America really works. And then, of course, I want them to take the next step and to start to do something about that. That's David Talbot. His latest book is The Devil's Chessboard. In the author's voice is a regular online feature of WSIU Radio. I'm Jeff Williams.